welcome to Sulcanacast, two broads talking broadly about health, the physical, the emotional, the nitty gritty, and the fun. Real thoughts on real health. The information provided within this podcast is not designed to and does not provide medical advice, professional diagnosis, opinion, treatment, or services to you or any other individual and is intended for general information for educational purposes only. Welcome to SoconaCast, episode 43, Aging Athletes and AGEs. What a mouthful. <laughs> AGEs, Aging Athletes. Yay. And I'm one of your hosts, Hannah Whitevin, owner of Sulcana Fitness and Wellness. And I'm your other host, Lucia Holly, nutritional therapy practitioner, running my practice out of Sulcana Wellness and owner of EssentialOmnivore.com. There you are. Ah, here I am. <laughs> there you are. Here I am. We're here. <sighs> We're here in this quiet, dark room. It is zen, and PD is like legit chilled out oh over on the God, couch. Oh my God, he's 100% on his side asleep. It's because I took him for a, a W. I can't say the word or he'll get up. Yeah, you took him for one of those, but it also looked pretty structured. I can tell you guys have been doing leash work. Thank you. Mm-hmm. He's very good at the, on the leash now. He's really... So it's a lot of mental work. That's probably why he's so exhausted yeah right it's ex- it's really hard for him because he is like there are a hundred things probably a thousand things he wants to smell and i don't let him smell more than like five of those things yep throughout the walk so it's a lot of work for him totally on the way back he just drags ass the whole time yeah it drives me absolutely crazy but it's i hazel and we were talking about this before i'm doing something similar with hazel it's kind of great because it makes me feel less guilty about shorter walks yeah i'm just like they're very potent yes. <laughs> but they're shorter yes but like she actually they're effective like we get a lot done he poops he <laughs> pees on everything until he is like bone dry of yeah. pee yeah. and then we walk pretty quick nice. so he actually gets some exercise instead of like all this lazy walking that he was doing before, it's just so annoying for me. Yeah, there's no way I wouldn't be able to handle that. Yeah, it's much better. <laughs> yeah. It's much better. Yeah. And he's doing a good job. Yay. He, he's like not even responding to like I know, potentially he's hearing asleep. his name. <laughs> yeah, and it's like 65 degrees today, so it's just like the perfect day. The first perfect day in Minneapolis of the year. Yes. Everyone is outside. I saw so many people just like lounging on the grass on milwaukee avenue it's so good if you guys haven't been to milwaukee avenue if you live in minneapolis and you haven't been to milwaukee avenue you are missing out wasn't it also voted in city pages as like the best like scenic uh, part scenic walk i think best place for a walk it's great it's short it's a short little street but it's a pedestrian street it was used to be a railway turned into just this beautiful little neighborhood and every time a house goes up for sale I'm like maybe one day <laughs> totally. but they're very expensive yeah and they're beautiful and they're very strange on the inside have you been in one? Oh yeah I've taken every time there's one up for sale I go tour it oh you go tour it cool. yeah I, ha- I just like have to know I'm obsessed with I'm I just strange like old-fashioned or like strange like there's been a lot they're of, like... narrow they're very narrow homes mm. and they're built long and narrow and tall and so the way that they're set up is weird, but mm-hmm. they're interesting on the inside. And lots of interesting people have owned them. Yeah. Like, there was one for sale recently that was owned by an artist, and the outside and inside were so weird. Cool. Like, he'd knocked down a bunch of walls and maybe even part of the ceiling in some part. It was cool. But, awesome. yeah, I think he had a hard time selling it. It took a long time to sell the house. Yeah, that's but the it, thing, right? It was, well, partly it was because it was, like, 400 something yeah. thousand. You need a very, like, that's going to speak to a very specific Yes. Um, person or people's yes (laughs) yeah it feels like a different city on that block yeah it's it's not I mean it's like it makes sense that it can be in Minneapolis but it is not the typical Minneapolis uh conglomeration of homes Mm -mm. Mm -mm. it's my dream avenue (gasps) well maybe 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 um how was the rest of your week like I quit coffee Dude. I know. For those of you who have listened to the other 42 episodes that we've recorded, I've mentioned loving coffee at least once in every episode. Yeah. I feel like I've betrayed who I am, but it's okay because I'm no longer dizzy all the time. Huge. Yeah, I think it's a big deal. So now I drink decaf. Guys, it's weird. It doesn't smell the same. It smells like, well, normally, I mean, coffee has such a rich smell. Yep. And decaf just doesn't have it. Yeah. 
I've, I wonder if one of our listeners might have a suggestion for like a really good decadent decaf. Yeah, I mean, I bought like I actually bought the Dunkin' Donuts decaf. Yeah, like so that's what I bought. Well, that would maybe be a little lacking in like mouth. Maybe, but the Dunkin' Donuts regular coffee is very delicious smelling. Oh, well, well, well. So I, I was just like at the a regular grocery store, nothing fancy. So I, I definitely will try out some other ones. Yeah, I like. I've had a couple. Um, shots of decaf espresso Americanos, yeah. and those are really nice. That's really nice. That tastes a little bit better. Yeah, but it still doesn't have that. It still doesn't have that smell. No, so it won't. It's just it is what it is. I've been drinking hibiscus tea. I go to bed earlier. Yeah, like naturally. Um, yeah, I'm just really tired by like ten o'clock now. Well, cool. That's cool. that's yep. a good thing. And I don't. I don't. I don't know. I don't know that I. I was very sluggish the first, like, three days. Sure. I don't know that I've noticed a ton of difference now. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I miss it a little. Yeah. It is. A, and what we've talked about on the show before is, like, it's such a ritual and it's comforting. And we kind of haven't talked too much about the caffeine and everything else that it can be doing in our bodies. Aside yeah. from just welcoming the fact that it's nice to have a ritual in the morning and to have some of that um, relaxation. Yeah, also, like, it's part of social life. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what I'm realizing now is that it's just as much as drinking is, I think. It's really a social activity to mm-hmm. drink coffee and talk about coffee and get coffee for someone, go get coffee with someone. Yep. So the fact that I'm drinking decaf makes that easier. Yeah. Um, and tea is fine. It's a little – in the summer, it's like all I want is iced tea yeah. anyway. So yeah. it'll be okay. So that – and I'm eating on my – hypoallergenic diet yay day five yay so i had a kale salad (laughs) with salmon and uh what else was in there oh i I made this thing called salad booster Mm. so you roast like three sheets of nori seaweed and then you roast a few leaves of kale Uh and you roast um uh, sunflower seeds and you roast lemon like uh right lemon uh what's it called when you grate it zest Zest of lemon yeah so you you roast that and then you put it all into a blender or a food processor and it makes this like dust yeah and you sprinkle it over all your salads so good yeah and you could put as much on as you want because it's like just more kale but roasted yeah and it's so good and it actually makes salad taste like food is uh is that from nom nom paleo too uh i can't i don't think so it's i have it saved on my computer it's from hannah was telling me earlier about her magic mushroom dust or powder that is a nom nom classic and that's so good very umami and makes everything taste really tasty yeah no this one's from 101 cookbooks Ooh. yeah salad booster recipe it's really good this person who wrote it she um says i carried around in my purse (laughs) <laughs> so cute any you know? of you body adapters essential you 101ers or essential you two or twoers i hope you're listening yep and you put in thyme and mm. red chili flakes too i would just eat that by the spoonful it's really good you can and it made a ton like i doubled the recipe um and it made like a big tupperware containers worth and yeah. so i just put like a smaller jar of it together on my counter so i can just like sprinkle it all over when i'm making the salad in the morning awesome yeah, and the nice thing about kale is that it holds up pretty well. <laughs> the nice thing about kale. Yeah. It's so great. Well, Not many people say that. I know. Well, if you're, like, going to make a salad. Yeah. And you're going to take it with you, make it with kale. Yeah. Because then it holds up pretty well. You could put the stuff on it before and it won't wilt it. Yeah. So, yeah. You can even put your dressing on your kale and eat it, like, 10 sure. hours later. It's fine. It's actually, I think that's kind of a nice thing to do sometimes where yeah. it can wilt it if it's acidic enough. Yeah. Yeah. Or yeah. you could just, you know, I, I massage my kale every time, so. Ooh. I always got to give your kale a good rub. Yeah, treat it with love. Yes. Mm-hmm. Anyway, in this recipe, she uses a mortar and pestle. So if you really want to be fancy, you could do that. <laughs> yeah. Or you could just do what I did, which is throw it in the in the grinder. Nice. Um, you could just use your coffee grinder that you no longer use. <laughs> 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 because why would you grind up fresh decaf beans? There's not a lot of reason. What what benefit would you gain from that? Why not just make a salad booster instead? Yep. Call it good. Yep. And the magic mushroom powder. Yeah. 
So it's going well, but Josh is also on the diet. Yeah. Which, I mean, he's doing Essential U2, as you know, because he's in your class. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're eating essentially the same things, minus I'm not eating eggs or almonds or garlic. Yeah. And um, he, the, this is different because when I have to cook for both of us or when we have to cook for both of us, and mostly I do it because I'm more of the cook. He does all the dishes. Um, it's like I have to cook on Sundays and Thursdays. Mm-hmm. Versus when it's just for me, I can cook. I can get away with just cooking on Sunday and eating the whole week of that. Right. So it's a little more stressful. Like yeah. we ran out of vegetables yesterday. Mm. So today I just made that kale salad, but I didn't have like normally I ha- I can just grab them to my fridge and easily grab out my side of roasted veggies that I already made and my side of meat that I already made, whatever. It's just a little more stressful when you haven't prepared yeah. or when you're just not – you. You didn't know how quickly it would go. Right, totally. And that so. is something with like any of these challenges or diets or protocols is that you are eating plenty of real food. And yes. a lot of that you got to prep. You have to eat so much too. I will say I'm excited that it's warmer weather where mm-hmm. the idea of eating a salad or just getting a bunch of salad greens is like, to me, is finally appealing. Like all yeah, winter. In the, sum- in the winter, it's just the worst. It's tough. Eating a salad, you're like, somehow your jaw is just like exhausted and <laughs> well, you're... Yeah. Your skin is like so pale. It's you're cold. Just, yeah, and you're like shivering. shivering. <laughs> uh, so yeah, uh, yesterday I I thought I would be at work for a shorter period of time, which I should have known better. Yeah, I was here for a really long time, and so I needed to eat. So I went to the co-op and got like a big old salad from the salad bar, and almost everything was okay. Yeah, but I did read the ingredients to their balsamic vinegar dressing. Yeah, sugar. Of course, I don't understand why because. It just makes it that much more tasty. So I just use, they just always have oil sitting out. Mm-hmm. And um, like lemon slices, maybe? No, they have oil and like, a, it's sort of like maybe there's a red wine vinegar. Oh, sure. It's it's like, like a sherry. Sort of pinkish looking yep. vinaigrette. Yep. Or vinegar. So I just did that instead. Yum. Yeah. It's still tasty. Yeah. And I put a ton of olives on it. Good. So good fat. It tastes really good. Because <laughs> that. And so much rotisserie chicken. That's they had good. rotisserie this time. Ooh, yummy. It was so good. It was like peppery. Yum. That, I want to, I I was just inspired to make like an olive, I'm a big fan of olives too, making like an olive dressing. That'd yeah. That'd be good. Instead of just like chopped up, like basically making like a, what is that called when you make, oh, tapenade, like an olive tapenade. Yeah. Spreadable enough that you could toss a salad in it. Yum. All right. Did I tell you the other sauce I made? No. Uh, it's <laughs> like, uh. There's a name for it, I think, the style of sauce, but it's basically anchovies melted in oil mm-hmm. and then added in capers and fresh cilantro. And it's so good. Yeah. And super umami. It's yeah. Like, <laughs> anchovy anything. Yeah. I am been a fan of anchovies since I was like a teeny tiny. Yeah. I knew what they were and I was like, I want them on my pizza. I want them. Thank you. They're so salty and good. Yeah. So I'm going to use that sauce on some salmon Very tomorrow. Very inventive. Look at you, rocking. You know, rocking your challenge. I'm trying my best. Yeah, got to persevere. Got a month with it. Why not just yeah. be friends? Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're me and I'm you challenge. <laughs> we got one. Yeah. What about you? How was your week? Uh, my week has been very interesting. I had my appointment for to get fitted for a dental orthotic yesterday. It was about three to four hours at the dental clinic. Um, and it was really interesting. It turns out I have some arthritis in my jaw. So oh. I'm not crazy for feeling like I'm in pain a lot. Um, but what they did... So my jaw is really clenched up. My muscles are super tight. So in order to fit me for this orthotic, first they had to loosen all the muscles to see where my jaw would naturally sit if it weren't so like hunched up. So to do that, they attached, um, I was hooked up to a TENS unit. So I had all these different nodes on like my cheeks and like my upper jaw and parts of my back of my neck that were hooked up to these little uh, gel pads but then the electrical signals would come through. So my face was jumping for like 55 minutes. Wow, yeah, weird. That it must was, have felt so weird. Yeah, it. Um, and I couldn't, you, you weren't supposed to like watch TV or be on your phone. So they're just like, just like. Because that stresses you out. Yeah. Or could. Or you're just like using your muscles. Yeah. So they're like, okay, just close your eyes. Um, but it was actually pretty relaxing. Okay, good. Once you get, I mean, it's weird at first. Because your face is just like shaking. Yeah. It's like, it's actually easier to keep your eyes closed because your vision kind of jumps. Yeah. Right. Um, but yeah, it, it was 
I'm like such a dork about all that that I loved it and I'm so excited because it there has been enough pain that I was just like bring it like I don't care I'll do whatever needs to happen so did that did a sleep like an at-home sleep study last night just to see if there's any kind of issues with what is an at-home sleep study I've never heard of that yeah they like give you this little monitor that's like incredible with how much it's looking at all night long they automatically set it to start at 11 p.m last night and then it just ran until i brought it back this morning to their office and it was tracking like how many times i slept like what percentage of the night i slept on my back or on left side or right side or on my stomach um it tracked how many times i was breathing per hour in and out oh wow yeah it tracked like how much i was breathing and whether there are any episodes of like true sleep apnea or like enough, like a diminished, decreased air flow, um, didn't really have any apnea, which I didn't think I would. Right. But there was interesting stuff. Usually, about, like, you know, you would know you're exhausted all the time. Totally. Or someone would like hear you like catching your breath in the middle of the night. Um, so none of that, and I don't have many problems with snoring. So, but even with that, there was like diminished flow because you guys, I have a teeny tiny mouth. They almost had to get like a pediatric insert to like measure something in my mouth because my bottom teeth are like so close together. Oh no. Yeah. So it's like, it makes sense that I'm not getting a ton of air in, especially when my mouth is relaxed at night. So I don't know. I loved it. It was great. And I don't get the orthotic for like three weeks. It's, like, manufactured on the East Coast and then has to go to Las Vegas and then can come to the Midwest. Weird. Why Las Vegas? I have no idea. That's, like, the testing ground (laughs) for orthotics. Someone wears my orthotic first in Las Vegas. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, really excited about that journey and um, being able to, like, use my muscles more because when they're all tensed up you can't really use them uh-uh. they're just all freaked out yeah and they don't know what to do so that's my well, was that? week yeah it's good well i have something to show you yeah <laughs> it's an app <gasps> it's like basically a free ad for this app it's called cara c-a-r-a okay and it's an it's a tracker app, so this actually would be great for you, because when you sign up, the first thing you do is you put in your symptoms. So like I put in dizziness and stomach pain as my symptoms. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to figure out, and then they can you can put in any diagnoses that you've had too. So like it lists like food allergies or whatever on there, and then each day you get to track things, Ooh. and you just <laughs> click on this little tracker thing, uh-huh. and and you can track your food, and you can add in what you've eaten, <laughs> and then you can track your poo. Yes, please, gimme, gimme. And it has all these different little levels, yeah. like separated hard lumps, huge <laughs> amount of pressure. Really tough. Lumpy and sausage-like, medium pressure, like that, <laughs> all the way down to liquid consistency with no solid pieces. No. <laughs> no pressure. Um, so I thought you'd love that. I do love that. I want everyone else to love it. I think tracking, I track my periods. I love tracking that stuff. The data is so helpful. So hearing yeah. about this app, huge, especially if you have like a mystery or some sort of symptom that you're not sure what's going on with that. Yeah. And then you can put in like, if you're feeling bloated or you feel uh, like you have any tummy pain. Yeah. And then your mood. And uh, if you're on your period, you can track that. And you can also track the condition of your skin mm-hmm. as well as your workout. Biggie. Your amount of sleep. Yeah. Your, and then there's a bunch of stuff where you can include notes like medication or yeah. symptom, other symptoms you're feeling. So I just thought you would love that. I love that. Thank you for sharing that with me. We'll include it in our show notes if anyone else is interested in that app. Yeah, um, I would say um, I'm going to say Siobhan to- showed me that. So yay, I didn't. Siobhan. Of course she sent that to me. <laughs> yeah. We were talking about tracking yesterday. About all the good stuff. She knows all that stuff. Um, That reminds me of what you said about them having like a skin section. So I've been having some issues with my skin. Just think about stuff that's been going on. It's been getting worse and worse and worse for um, about a year and a half to two years. This is my jam is to figure out people's skin issues and I couldn't figure it out. Mm. It's like throwing all the different supplements and protocols and ways of eating at it. Over the last month, I finally decided to try a parasite protocol. 
getting cleared up. First dang. time in two years. Dang. You like, dang old parasite. Come on. So, you know, we're all always learning. And just want to say there's hope for anyone else out there who has some mystery symptom that they cannot figure out. Don't lose hope. You can do it. Yeah. And if uh, two out of two podcast hosts on this show have had mystery symptoms in the last year, <laughs> then likely 100% of you do too. <laughs> it happens. Even it's a small for people, sample size. Yeah. But. Even people in the health and wellness industry are always trying to figure themselves out. That's yeah, probably maybe how they got more there. so. That's probably yeah. how they got there. Yeah, because we're like, we no- take notice of our bodies. So if anything goes wonky, we're mm-hmm. like, what is that? Yeah. I must figure that out now. Yeah. Can't be that way. Well, sometimes it can be stressful to feel like, you know, you've researched so much and you feel like you have been able to help yourself, but then you find this like new stumbling block and mm-hmm. feeling almost like, like you're a hypocrite or it's ironic that you're in this field. But I feel like you always have to go back to, okay, what actually got you in the field in the first place? Right. Like there's probably some of that still going on. Right. So. I mean, you can't be the perfect version. You know, <sighs> that's what you're there for is to help people know that it's always a journey. It's always a journey. Life is a journey. Speaking of life, should we talk about some aging athletes? Let's talk about old people. Yeah. <laughs> can't wait. Gonna be great. JK, guys. When I say <laughs> aging, I mean over 30. Oh, that's oh, that's me. <laughs> That'll be me soon. That's me. Uh, 30 and up. It's really considered an aging athlete. 30? Yeah. 30 is the new 20. <laughs> right. Sorry. But it's also the I new 40. I hate that so much. No, I'm just kidding. It's not. <laughs> uh, so when we're, today we're talking about aging athletes. We're thinking about ages 30 and above, but really we're thinking about ages 50 and above. Yeah. For the most part. Yeah. Um, so a couple things. Well, first of all, I think the, the concept of aging in athletics, sometimes there's like a, a an air of mystery around it. Mm. Like people think that if you're of a certain age that you just can't and never will be able to do something physical again, something new that's physical. Like you're super, super fragile. Right. Even, you know, when people are, especially as people get past the age of 70, Mm. that's when people really start to treat their bodies and other people's bodies like they're made of glass Mm -hmm. and that they shouldn't do anything and that they can't do anything and that their likelihood for injury is so high that it's not worth doing something. Um, But I'm here to tell you that's just not true. Yeah. That's just not true. There's no bad time in your life to start a physical fitness routine and, like, If you waited for some reason, maybe you are a woman in her 50s who was like born and raised during a time when people, when women were not encouraged to be athletic. So you've gone your whole life without it. Now is not too late to start. Mm -mm. It just isn't. Um, There are lots of things that you can do and achieve and get better at well into your ends of life. Yeah. Um, and you know, unless you're dealing with some major symptomatic problems mm-hmm. that prevent you from, um, like making it to the gym or even just like moving consistently. Sure. Yeah. But even then there are people, trainers and gyms that specialize in people who are wheelchair bound or people who need at home fitness or other types of support. There yeah. are lots of people out there who work with those populations. I feel like you can always adapt athletics to what your body needs. Right. Which I think most people are doing to some degree. Exactly. And it's just like bumping out that spectrum to include a whole breadth of more people and more bodies. Exactly. And you know what? There's a lot of advantages to being older and approaching athletics as well. Oh. Let me tell you the advantages. Mm -hmm. People who are older then 30 (laughs) or like you know people in their their 50s 60s 70s are way more likely to go to bed and get eight or nine hours of sleep a night Mm. maybe more so people who are training at those later ages are much more likely to give themselves proper recovery because they don't care about staying out late watching tv Mm. like they like to go to bed earlier and sometimes rise earlier Mm -hmm. they're more likely to work out in the morning which can be really good for like peak hormone time. Um, can be really good time to train, especially as you're getting older and your hormone levels are decreasing. The morning is a great time to get your workout in. 
They're more likely to eat well. Of course, that's not everybody. Yeah, it's not everybody, but they're more likely to be considerate about what they're eating because they realize now that their age is a thing. Right. Whereas when you're 21, you don't care if you eat a whole pizza versus eating a a salad. You don't tell. You can't tell the difference on your outside of your body, Mm -hmm. and maybe not even inside. Yeah. Like, I think I used to eat like a whole pizza or whatever, drink like three beers when I was 21, and if I did have gut problems, I certainly didn't pay attention to them. Right. I didn't consider them a problem. Yeah. So you're more likely when you're older to train smarter rather than harder. You're more likely to to really think about what you're doing and do it well rather than just going until you're almost dead. Yeah. Um, You're more likely to spend more athletic time outside of the gym, doing things that are with your family and your grandchildren or your children, um, rather than just training for outcomes within the gym. Because those, like, dreams of being a competitive whatever athlete those might shift into just being more functional athlete outdoors or just with your family and also they tend older athletes tend to be more precise on their form all around it seems like a good deal yeah i mean it's like all the things the coach advises you to do when you're 22 but that you never listen to yeah i mean well people well into their 40s may never listen to that right um but at a certain point your priorities start to shift into thinking about longevity because mm-hmm. when you're young you don't really think about longevity you're like that you know what that don't they always say youth is wasted on the young yeah exactly right <laughs> so all these young athletes who are like working pushing, out yeah pushing really so hard refuse to recover don't want to do any mobility never see the reason to slow down or they always work to overload they always work to their heaviest um they don't eat well they don't sleep they're overly stressed like they don't care about it they don't think about mm-hmm. the long game right older people think about the long game cool that longevity is really important to them um so but of course there's lots of things to consider when you're aging so like i just want to say those are the there's great things about being older <laughs> you're just wiser you know a lot more you can take care of yourself a lot in a different way in a better way um but there are lots of things to think about first of all if you're brand new to fitness when you come in over the age of 40 or 50, really, you have to consider taking it a little bit slower. Because after, well, after your 30s, your, lots of things start to decrease. <laughs> Sad, now that I'm 30. I'll talk about it, don't worry. Okay. I got you. Um, but lots of things start to decrease. Like your VO2 capacity. VO2 is? Your your ox, your oxygen capacity. Thank you. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, so just think about basically like how much you can actually do how much you can take into your lungs and then use how much oxygen you can use Mm -hmm. and uh then also your maximum heart rate also tends to decrease Mm -hmm. so like your ability to get up to a top heart rate and function there will decrease over time however we've talked about this before um we've talked about capacity before when it comes to both your vo2 and your heart rate it doesn't matter even when you're like in your 20s if your maximum heart rate is is really high but you can't actually hit that maximum heart rate because your potential to hit it is or your ability to hit it is pretty low Mm because you haven't trained just because it tends to decrease when you get older doesn't mean that you can't increase the percentage of efficiency right for sure so you can you can get up to your maximum potential and and reach as close as you can to that maximum potential and you might even just feel like you're maintaining from when you were younger right um, all of those capacities. So it's not impossible just because those numbers technically go down. Our capacity to use them is all about whether or not we do use them. Yeah. <laughs> Key so, factor. Yeah. So yeah. you got, you, if you can stay af- active, if you are active and you continue to be active, those numbers won't necessarily decrease so your ability to do an endurance workout or your ability to get up to your maximum heart rate when you're doing like a high intensity CrossFit workout. Those things may not actually decrease because you've gone further into your percentage of ability. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are definitely things to consider about it. Like your recovery tends to take longer. So at a certain point, your hormones decrease substantially enough that your recovery process is going to be a little bit slower because as we talked about in our bones episode and the hypertrophy episode, you need hormones in order to rebuild muscle and bone. And so if you're damaging muscle when you do 
something physical when you use your muscle then during that recovery process when that rebuild is happening it may take a little bit longer and it may take some more supplemental things to help with that this is going to be my plug too for older athletes who are getting into becoming athletic or what have you to make sure that you're they're eating quality fats yes because that's going to be a big building block of um good hormones awesome so that's that's one thing to consider is when you start, you may have to take more time off in between workouts or you may have to do something slower and like an active recovery exercise like swimming or jogging or just walking mm-hmm. um, in between your training sessions. The Your mobility and flexibility is that that's the major thing that mm-hmm. is inhibited when you're older. Your flexibility, specifically the flexibility around your joints, like your tendons and your ligaments tend to be uh, more inflexible as you age and more brittle less fluid yep i'll talk about imagine i'll talk about that yeah so that requires a lot more attention you can't get away with doing like long training sessions and then not mobilizing you just can't Mm -hmm. and you may even consider as an older athlete when you wake up in the morning first thing doing mobility in the morning as a way to get yourself moving during the day um so that you're not carrying that stiffness around and then just trying to do your workout immediately afterwards right um then also hydration is really important it's important for everybody but it's really important as you get older because we can't like as we our bodies age we can't replenish our fuel stores as quickly or our our, our liquid stores basically as quickly um and so taking and increasing your fluid is really a helpful way to do that yeah um and then if you're gonna the nice thing about if you think about an aging athlete like someone like who starts doing CrossFit when they're 20 or starts doing endurance triathlon type things when they're in their 20s and they continue to go on. As you continue to work, your uh, athletic age increases, which is a good thing. The longer your athletic age, the more training you have under your belt, the less training you have to do to maintain that baseline level of strength. I know that seems counterintuitive, but it's true. If you And Alex talked about that when we interviewed her. Mm-hmm. If you are a, an athlete from a very young age, in your late 20s, you might not need to do as much to maintain some of the athleticism you had when you were a kid. Sure. Like, we, you know, gymnastics people who we see get into a handstand. It's very easy for them. Yeah. Because they maintained it from when they were young. Or they might even maintain some of that flexibility, too. So if you are already putting to the training time when you were 20, 30, 40s, um, when you're in your 50s, you don't need to train as rigorously, as consistently, in order to maintain that base level of strength yeah which is awesome that's huge i want that <laughs> don't we all right so that's a nice thing because then you can know I, I only have to put in a few sessions a week to maintain that strength right so so if i were to like create a, a, a recommended plan for somebody who was already an athlete um, and was just thinking about, okay, well, now I'm in my 40s, 50s, 60s. I want to start thinking about what that's going to look like moving forward. I would say focus on strength training at least twice a week. Um, strength training, obviously, that's going to be continue to be important throughout your life. Put, you know, Creating muscle damage and then repair is going to help you maintain strength and bone density. Um, but think of it like twice per week as a heavy training session. And focus less on... Uh, the max out weights and more on hypertrophy sets, so medium heavy weights at higher reps, because mm-hmm. you don't, you just don't need to as frequently max out when you're older. Like I said, you don't need to be working up uh, on gaining that uh, capacity as much anymore. And also include two to three sessions a week of high intensity or high to medium intensity um, metabolic training mm-hmm. and interval training. So basically do some CrossFit. Yeah. <laughs> Get a couple of Metcons in. Yes. And less focus on those low and slow workouts. So not just plodding along on the elliptical? Right. For And, and even more so, minutes. not like running eight miles. Oh, okay. All the time. Yeah. Um, so those like longer cardio workouts mm-hmm. that they really put a ton of pressure on your joints. Mm-hmm. You just don't need to do those as frequently. You can maintain your capacity to to run eight miles by doing your high intensity workouts several times a week and then running eight miles like once every three weeks so you might choose not eight miles specifically but if you're, <laughs> it's gotta you might, be eight guys yeah. go home if you're normally running a long distance every week you yeah. might change that to every other week or every three weeks as you age 
because you just don't need that consistent pressure on your joints anymore yeah and you can maintain your base level of of like cardio fitness by doing those higher intensity shorter workouts sure um it was just kind of a counterintuitive to what people do. People tend to go the opposite way. They tend to think, oh, I need to do, like, more slow, longer training. Yeah, I shouldn't, like, scare or hurt my body. Yeah, I should really slow down. Yeah. But, no, you should speed up. You should speed up, but then <laughs> limit faster. the time that you're being speed that you're being speedy. Yeah. Um, and let yourself really gain from that. And then when you are training and when you're warming up or when you're cooling down or when you're just focusing on which exercises you want to do, really think about balance agility and coordination as like mm. a focus area because when you're really young when you're a kid you when you're a little little kid you yeah. can tell how bad like kids have terrible balance terrible agility they start to gain it by doing athletic activity right. like they they gain it by just playing yeah um and then over time we tend to lose that because we don't do anything we just sit at a desk all day and then we come in and we do two-legged exercises two arm exercises right um and then eventually that leads to things like falling oh no Right? Scary. I mean, you think about it, you're like, I never fall. Like, I haven't fallen in years. Mm -hmm. I haven't just tripped and fallen in years. Mm -hmm. But, you know, the incidence of people in their 70s, 80s, 90s, just falling, randomly falling and breaking their hips is high. And again, what we talked about, I think, during the Bones episode was, yes, that fall is big and scary. But, like, the the inability to heal afterwards or the in total body inflammation – the different like cascade of effects that can happen from that that's fall and potential part. break that's the really scary part yeah. yeah so you can limit your chance of, of falling randomly by improving your mobility and coordination so that when you trip on something you are able to catch yourself like yeah. you were in your 20s right like we don't even think about the fact that i trip on the curb probably like 10 times a day <laughs> but you got you got you <laughs> but i can just i can just catch myself and i've noticed that um i've noticed that's one of the things i've thought about a lot is that since starting CrossFit and since starting strength training, my um, balance, my ability to catch myself when I'm going to fall has vastly improved. Mm-hmm. Like I haven't fallen on the ice in a long time. Yeah. Mostly because I can do a bunch of like mid-air acrobatics to save myself somehow. Yeah. To save myself somehow. Yeah. And, you know, there's a little bit more muscle between the, the bone and the crash site. There, so. there, sorry. There's so many good YouTube videos of people who are slipping on ice for, like, 30 straight seconds. Yes. Like, continuing to catch themselves. <laughs> <laughs> really good memories coming back watching those. Uh, luckily, there's no more ice. Yeah. So, anyway. So, really think about balance and coordination and think about doing unilateral training. Like, one-legged stuff, one-arm stuff. Things that will help force your core to work side to side instead of just in one direction all the time. Cool. Yeah. You really need full body coordination to be able to like prevent yourself <laughs> from falling down. Yeah. And preventing yourself from falling is important as you age. Really important. So um, th- those are the big things that cool. I would say. I mean, like <laughs> the reality is that that you you're not you are getting older. You are closer to dying in technical terms mm-hmm. but you are not dead yet no there's so much you can do when you're an older athlete it's more just about being thoughtful and like listening to your body and mm-hmm. taking the recovery that you need and making sure the stretch and give yourself time to work on the coordination skills that you need and maintain strength like that's it right and that's exactly what i'd say to a younger athlete too is right. you need to be you doing unilateral training strengthening both sides of your body maintaining your coordination understanding your balance like <laughs> taking time to recover, sleeping a lot. It's all the same things, yeah. but they become more vital as we're older. You can't get away with reducing them. You can't get away with not doing mobility. You just can't. Right. And that's okay. If you're over 30 and you don't do mobility, like you are setting yourself up for a disaster. <laughs> please stretch. Yeah. Like 10 minutes, one stretch a day. Yeah. Like, please do something. <laughs> please do anything. You can even just text me a picture of you stretching every morning. Please don't do that. Actually, don't do that. Whew, boundaries. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I also wanted to... Oh, I wanted to mention that there was this... I was reading a study about, like, muscle damage. And there, there was a study done on athletes who are brand new. If you're brand new and you're young versus old, uh, an older person will see significantly more muscle damage in their first several months of working out yeah. versus a younger person. So a younger person can recover faster and get into it quicker. Mm-hmm. However, 
Um, after they found after only eight weeks of strength training between younger and older athletes, the younger being 20 to 30 years old and the older being 65 to 75 years old in men, they displayed similar muscle damage mm. when examined under uh, an electron microscope. So, that's so after a training session, they actually didn't have more damage than a younger person. It just took a minute to get their body into it. Yeah. Those couple of months and then just like any other athlete. Right. And obviously we, we've talked about muscle damage as being a good thing. Yeah. Um, but this, this like what they're talking about is that feeling of being very sore might be more frequent for someone who's older and coming in and they might need more recovery days to, to repair the muscle damage. Cause mm -hmm. if you have a lot of it, you need to work really hard to repair it. So just keep that in mind as you're working on it. I love but, it. But also know that if you're 65 to 75 years old and you're in the gym next to some 20 to 30 year old, <laughs> you're doing the same workout, you can just like smile to yourself and know <laughs> that at the end of the day, you both only need one day of recovery. Yeah. And you're like, I still got you, buddy. <laughs> I got your number. <clears throat> I got you and I'm much wiser. Yeah. One of my favorite things they did this past year for the CrossFit Games was, or for the Open, was to have some masters athletes competing against like young bucks cool and they like the dude they had competing did so well <laughs> he was just dominating yeah and i mean i'm just like at home smiling to myself <laughs> like, yes because there's so much ego that comes with being young too for sure right and a lot less of it when you're older yeah i mean maybe intellectual ego as you're aging because you're like you don't understand just wait till you're older just wait till you're uh -uh. older so that's my main thing I got to say is that like cool. there is never, it's never too late to start. In fact, <laughs> my mom, I know I'm, I'm writing a, a program for my mom. She's 61, 62, she's 61. <laughs> she's 61. She's in her early 60s. Yeah, she's 61. Yeah. And uh, she has asked me for a training program because she's been having problems with her neck. And the reason she's having problems with her neck is because her upper back is too weak. Yeah. So, oh. like, on the flip side of aging athletes is aging non-athletes mm -hmm. who are, like, the, the, the train to decrepitude is moving very quickly yeah. after a certain amount of time, after a certain age. Even though we're saying, oh, you can do a lot to maintain your strength, like, the, you got to do something. Sure. If you do nothing, that's when you're going to see a huge amount of problems. Like, yeah. pains in places you've never imagined – from from reasons that are just basically like you have no muscle tone mm -hmm. so she's gonna get to work she's getting her x-ray done and then we're getting her to work yay yeah i am so glad to hear that yeah she's gonna feel really good let's hope so yeah i think so i feel like your challenge for people for this week to be should be to challenge them to do that morning mobility yes wake up and just do five minutes of stretching but just before like before you go to the bathroom in the morning, or maybe right after, I feel like um, oh, yeah, maybe if you're desperate. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, just keep that in mind. Get up and just move the system a yeah. little bit in the morning. That's great. Mm -hmm. And then drink a glass of water. Yep, please. Pinch, a little pinch of salt in there. Yeah. Oh, oh my God. Hannah, you speak my language. Um, cool. Should I talk about some AGEs? Yes, please. Cool. I always call them ages, but then I feel like that's a little confusing. So decided to call them what they actually are, which is an acronym. Um, AGEs stands for advanced and or associated, depending who's talking about them, but advanced glycation end products. Have you ever heard of those? Wait, say that again. Advanced glycation end products. No. I've never heard of that. Never heard of them. Mm -mm. Okay. Have you ever heard of, and this is relating to food, so not inside our body, um, something called the My Mylard effect or Maillard effect? No. Okay. So the Maillard effect happens when you might be changing a piece of bread into a piece of toast. When <laughs> perhaps you are grilling a chicken breast and you're grilling it because you're trying to get those really savory, um, kind of almost caramelized grill marks mm -hmm. on it. Any of that process of making something kind of more flavorful and creating a browned, caramelized effect is the Maillard effect, which is basically um, an exogenous form of AGEs being created. Okay. So just keep that a uh, toast example in your brain. Okay. Um, Are you going to talk about body toast? <laughs> sure am. Wow. <laughs> Gluten-free, of course. 
but body toast. That body doesn't toast. sound good in your body. Yeah, it's not an effect we want. Okay. <laughs> good to know. The name is very descriptive of what is happening if we have a lot of AGEs in our body. They are quite aging to our bodies. So what is happening is that essentially an AGE, an advanced glycation end product, is being created by a cross-linking of proteins and sugars coming together. They're binding together and they typically don't have an enzyme there to help manage that reaction. Okay, so sometimes that can be happening. There's an appropriate enzyme there. That's good and dandy. Our body knows how to be working with that. But an AGE is being formed when we're missing that enzyme and this process is kind of happening too much. So that being said, eating foods that are those exogenous, uh, exogenous forms of AGEs, they can contribute to some internal AGEs. So if you grill stuff? Yeah. Oh, God. Which is a big um, reason. I mean, a lot of people can can take issue with grilling or with um, charbroiling or anything that's developing a lot of deep flavor, especially I think some kind of vegetarian, vegetarian or like raw foodist communities will talk about that, how you're potentially causing more cancer and it's just more difficult on your body to be digesting and breaking those foods down. So that's not totally unheard of and uncommon, but really what I want to talk about are mostly what's happening inside your body that's forming those AGEs and that yes, some of those foods, maybe that piece of toast, A, maybe it's not so great in digestion, maybe it feels just fine, but if that's happening, um, the AGEs that you're taking in from food, dietary AGEs, are going to be just a very minimal amount that's going to be left over in your system from eating those. Those tend to be more transient. Your body can move them out. Right. You can just poop them right out. You get them out. All right, good. Yeah. Because I'm having like a grill out tomorrow night. Because <laughs> God damn it, it's summer. I'm not trying to <laughs> I'm not trying to stop myself from grilling. No. Okay, good. No. And that's where people, to me, people get so nitpicky about food. And then they just say, I shouldn't eat this. I shouldn't eat that. That's going to kill me. This is going to kill me. Okay, let's just have some balance with the foods. But let's talk about food quality. Because any of this, man... This is just going to sound like everything I say every week. One of the big contributors to AGE formation is going to be elevated blood glucose. Oh. So high blood sugar levels, and those high blood sugar levels are typically coming from processed carbohydrates and And processed sugars. Indeed. So glycation comes from the word glucose. Sounds like it. Yeah. So they're connected there, but really glycation, it can happen with glucose or with fructose. Mm -hmm. Fructose is a biggie, and I talk about that a lot in the Essential You 101 class, and actually in the 201 class as well. I'm sure they're all really sick of me talking about (laughs) parasympathetic states and blood sugar. But fructose has to be 100% processed by our livers. Mm -hmm. Um, So already, as soon as we eat it, it's a big burden Like fructose pure, not, I mean, like, obviously there's fructose in fruit, but that's going to take a little bit longer for that to make it to our liver. Fructose in fruit is beautiful because it also has some other cofactors like water and fiber, phytonutrients, antioxidants. Mm -hmm. And it's a pretty small amount of fructose in like like a berry. Right, a fresh (laughs) berry. Yep, it's, it's hard to overdo it with fructose in fruit. Um, when it's in balance with other foods. Really, fructose that we're talking about is from refined sources. Something like white table sugar, that granulated sugar. Hey, is, come on now. Is sucrose, okay? Yeah. And sucrose is going to be comprised of 50% glucose and 50% fructose. Oh, okay. So think about any, like, cookie or bar or what have you that's made of that white sugar. I guess I didn't realize that that was, like, made up of fructose. Yep. You should uh, drop in on our blood sugar regulation week for Essential You. It is very fun. I feel like a lot of brains are blown, or hopefully. That's that's what I try to do. Sometimes I'm like, does anyone get it? <laughs> Maybe I need to work on my teaching skills. But I think they're just like, oh, no. Yeah. it's, it's That's some- the realization. Because everyone knows sugar is bad. Exactly. But the realization that like sugar is killing you is a whole other thing. The realization that it's something that our bodies were so overwhelmed by because back in the day really our only source of fructose was, was fruit was fruit and fruit was seasonal it would come in and out of season you could maybe gorge on like a raspberry bush and then that was done maybe you'd have some apples in the fall and it was done maybe you could make some maple syrup or find some honey from a beehive but that was about it yeah so that versus our bodies always being inundated with these sources of fructose that not only 
are high in amounts, but they're highly stripped of having any other nutrients to help buffer what might be going on, we can get into a bad way, aka in addition to fluctuating blood sugar levels and just stripping us of those nutrients, we might be forming some AGEs. Mm. And by some, I mean a lot. Oh, geez. So number one thing we can do to help slow down that aging process, because what AGEs are going to be doing is that they're going to be, they're essentially a big part in why we start to feel kind of hardened over and like our organs get tougher and things are harder to move and we feel sticky and weird and we feel like maybe we're caramelized protein. We kind of are. Oh, God. (laughs) So we want to not be. So stop eating sugar. Caramelized protein. Okay. okay. I don't want to be that. That sounds terrible. You got to regulate your blood sugar levels. Especially important for um, anyone who might have type 2 diabetes um, or some of that lifestyle um, inflicted diabetes where there's those high levels of blood sugar that are um, before a diagnosis or maybe potentially during the diagnosis are unregulated and that lack of um, insulin sensitivity. Those people, most people, even people who think that they can eat a cookie and feel just fine, often if you feel just fine eating a cookie, there might be some other stuff going on. So let's think about regulating blood sugar levels. The other big factor for AGE formation is actually going to be thinking about um, really refined oils. So we have really refined carbohydrates, like those Mm -hmm. sugars and fructose, but refined oils are going to be oxidized. So those oils, especially the really fragile ones, are polyunsaturated fats. I've talked about them before. Yep. You need to take a lot of care with them. They're going to come in things like uh, grains, nuts, and seeds. If they're in their whole forms in the food itself, that's great. If you're starting to make some corn oil or soybean oil and the amount of processes that you have to put that food or food mash through in order to get any sort of oil from it, by the time it gets into the bottle for the consumer, that oil will already be rancid. When it's rancid, it's now oxidized. When it's oxidized, it's getting into our body. That's going to degrade the quality of our cells and that cell wall. Oh, you need your cells. That's what you are. Your cells. That's it. (laughs) You are cells. That's pretty much it. So you are. Yeah. Um, So we want to be lowering any potential oxidation in our body by looking at foods that are already oxidized and removing them from the diet, which by and large in our current culture, that's going to be those refined um, oils, those polyunsaturated fats. The vegetable oil, the corn oil, all that stuff that we're saying is good for deep frying because it doesn't smell, it doesn't have a smoke point. It did. They took that out during processing. It's now not so healthy for you. So think about something like a donut where it's that double whammy of plenty of refined sugars and that refined fructose and glucose too. And just like a ton of the oil. And ton of oil and a ton of carbohydrates. That's a lot of factors that, yes, it's delicious. Yes, there can be a place for that. But if that's a backbone of someone's diet, <laughs> God, that's going to be a lot um, of support to help make those AGEs, which is what we are not looking for in this right. case. We're trying to have fewer AGE formation. Okay. So tips would be keep a pro-inflammatory foods to a minimum balance blood sugar levels, include quality fats. We don't want to have a low-fat diet. Like I said, when you were talking about aging athletes, we want to get in good fats. We want things like unrefined oils, um, extra virgin olive oil. Chicken skin. Chicken skin, (laughs) virgin coconut oil, um, butter, lard. Also, like, I like the way that stuff smells when you fry stuff in it. Like, we were talking about ghee. Trust your body. Yeah, ghee smells like delicious it smells like caramel sauce. I don't know why, but it smells like caramel sauce. It does because the dairy solids have browned and gone to the bottom, and then the ghee has already been slightly cooked. So yeah, okay. There's some um, makes sense. Yeah. So then you fry your chicken in it, and you're basically eating like candy chicken. Yeah, it's so good. <laughs> it's like a natural sweetness. Yep. You know, and then you use that magic mushroom powder <laughs> from Nom Nom Paleo. You are set. You are so set. And that's my last thing is that if you are eating some foods that you, you've you exposed um, 
a food to a process where it's now some browning has occurred. You're grilling your vegetables. You're roasting a chicken breast. You're trying to get some like a pan saute on, you know, whatever. It could be vegetable. It could be a protein. It could be a carbohydrate. If that's your main form of AGEs, that's your best bet. Yeah, you'll be fine. <laughs> you'll be fine because you're also likely going to be enjoying that food, eating it an appropriate amount and quantity, feeling satisfied, taking a break between meals so your digestion can do its full process, get your body into that parasympathetic mode so that your body can then be able to detoxify and work through any AGEs that might be in it already. Right. So... You're not just pounding it in there. Ugh, no pounding, please. No more cake for every meal, guys. <laughs> okay, just cake can be in our lives. It's great. We all love it for a reason. We don't have to hate the fact that we love cake. That's why they invented coffee cake. So you can have it in the morning, too. Ooh, with coffee. Which I can't have. <laughs> ah! um, but let's let's be real about the fact that it's not real food and so we need to treat it as something that can come in once in a while when right. our bodies can effectively manage it. But like I said before, if it's that backbone of our diet, our bodies are going to be kind of screaming out in desperation. Real cranky about it. Real cranky about it. So my tip for people is to think about those two biggies, blood sugar regulation and any pro-inflammatory fats that they're getting in. Think about if those apply to your diet. Think about, okay, if I'm getting in one meal a week, one meal out of 21, or maybe a few more, meals per week, that might be an okay ratio, where maybe sure. I don't know about a restaurant quality oil that mm -hmm. I'm getting a meal in. I don't want to ask about it. Okay, great. But the rest of my meals I'm preparing at home, or I know who's preparing them. I know it's going into them versus... Right. If you go out every day for lunch, <laughs> mm -hmm. and now you have seven meals a week that are just like filled with bad oils and sugar, yep. likely because they're both of those are cheap and those sugars are tasty, and that's why manufacturers and restaurants will be using them often. Yeah. And by the way, we went out on Tuesday night, and I had I planned ahead. I brought my own food awesome. to the restaurant. Cool. Uh, we were there for trivia, so I'm like, whatever. Yeah. Um, I brought my own food, but. Josh was super hungry, and he, I was like, well, you have to ask about that dressing, about their balsamic dressing, because I'm, I'm telling you they make that with canola oil. And so he asked, and she's like, oh, it's just like an olive oil and balsamic blend. And I was like, can you please go back and ask the cook if it's made with olive oil? Yeah. She came back, and she's like, oh, no, it's not. It made, it's made with vegetable oil. <laughs> and I was like, well, that's... That's yeah. canola oil. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's disgusting. Thank yeah. you very much. No, thank you. I was like, he'll have he'll have it plain. <laughs> but anyway, he got it. It was delicious. It was a good salad. It was good. like a kale and like pickled cauliflower salad. Yeah. Anyway. But I'm, my point is you have to ask and you have to ask and know the answer already. Mm -hmm. Know the answer already and help them like give you the real information. If they give you a wishy-washer answer, <laughs> wishy-washer, if wish they give you a wishy-washy answer, ask again yeah and sometimes you don't maybe you don't care sometimes because you're like out for a special thing totally but That's, when you're trying to think about it if you like can avoid it during if you can avoid it at all just avoid it yeah if you're at a really fancy restaurant they're more likely to use those like good fats totally. for everything because they also i think quality restaurants understand that those really good quality fats impart a lot of flavor oh yeah i mean if you're gonna cook something in duck fat like yeah <laughs> yeah you're gonna you're, you're drooling now i cooked yeah. carrots and duck fat the other day and i was like give get, me these for every yeah, meal get it They're that's so great. good or like beef tallow all that stuff is gonna make your food taste so rich very unctuous mm -hmm. Unctuous. Unctuous. A fat that you want to be tasting. And fat is flavor. And fat also has some vitamins in it, too. So we want to get good quality ones so we can get in those fat-soluble vitamins. Okay? Okay. That's what I have about AGEs. I call them ages. Whatever. Oh, funny. Ages and aging. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Well, that's great. It, listen, if you're a listener and you're over the age of 40 and you have any other additional tips for listeners... Uh, for like things that they can do or things that they can think about as they age and uh, are trying to still be athletic and strong and fit, go ahead and tweet at us. Do it. At Sulcana Podcast. Or you can find us on Facebooks. Yeah, if you're not on Twitter, which a lot of people aren't, then find us on Facebook. And you Sulcana can find Cast. us. Yeah, or you can find us individually on Instagram. I'm at Funny Lady Pants. And I'm at Essential Omnivore. And we're both on, on Twitter with those same handles. So. All the time. I never tweet. 
but sometimes I do. Sometimes I tweet <laughs> six times in one day, and then I don't tweet for like four months. Actually, speaking of coffee, um, it used to be really bad when I would really caffeinate myself. I would get, I would immediately go to Twitter and write all these super stupid tweets that I thought were so funny. And then I was like, why do I tweet like 20 times in a row, like once in a blue moon? I was like, oh, coffee. Uh, yeah, coffee. coffee. It's coffee. Yeah, it's, it's coffee. coffee so anyway, find us online. Find us on iTunes. Subscribe if you haven't already. Leave us a review if you haven't already. Do Thanks it. to everyone who has. And, you know, uh, go to the Brave New Workshop downtown mm-hmm. and see the show that's up right now with the magical Taj Ruler. Our producer, she performs every weekend. She performs every Thursday, Friday, Saturday, every week. Hard worker. You should really see her because she's hilarious. She has the most hilarious facial expressions I've ever seen on a person. (laughs) And somehow she can do this thing that makes it look like her head is like disconnected from her neck. Anyway, it's super funny. Uh, And she's a magical unicorn. So thank you, Taj, for being our producer. Have a wonderful day, everybody. And we'll see you next week on Subconicast. Yeah, go outside, enjoy it. Maybe we'll see you out there. Everyone's out there. We'll see you soon. Okay, bye. Bye. Subconicast is produced by Taj Ruler. Subscribe on iTunes or visit sulconicast.libsim.com. That's L-I-B-S-Y-M.com for full episode information. You can also visit our website at sulconafitness.com to stay up to date on everything health and fitness. Join in on the conversation over on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Sulcana CrossFit. See you there.